to the Mixed Bag of Nuts podcast, where we talk about everything and anything. Each episode features a new topic. It truly is a mixed bag of nuts. Nutty opinions, nutty stories, and nutty commentary. I'm Emina. And I'm Anita. And welcome to Mixed Bag of Nuts. In this episode of Mixed Bag of Nuts, we're discussing the art of looking like you have your life together while secretly Googling how to fold a fitted sheet, aka adulting. If you've ever felt personally victimized by the pile of undone laundry still sitting in the corner of your room or questioning your life choices while buying yet another houseplant, you're in the right place. Emina, why is adulting so hard? (laughs) Oh man, I feel like all of my friends, myself included, we always talk about just, I don't know if I have the energy to adult today. I feel like adulting requires a little too much because it's like, You have to keep up with the gym. You have to cook yourself dinner. You have to keep up with going to the dentist and all of your appointments. Keep up your friendships. Go to work. Make sure your pet's doing fine. Make sure your relationship is fine. Make sure your car isn't going to break down and go get that change. Oh my gosh. And then God forbid you add children in there. Adding a house in there. Adding a house. Adding, you know, drama from your job. I have a friend that they don't have anything in their calendar. Like they literally don't write things down in their calendar and I cannot relate. Like honestly, like how would you know when to do anything literally? I, uh, right? Like it astounds me how he just doesn't have to write anything down. I don't get it. And then I have another friend that he doesn't have contacts. Literally his contact list is empty because he just memorized all he's of his contacts? memorized the phone numbers wow. of the people that he talks to and i'm like why and he said that if they're important enough to me i'll know their phone number by heart oh that's like next level adulting i will never reach that level it is <laughs> bananas and very impressive that is so impressive honestly i couldn't do the no calendar thing like no. sometimes i'm feeling too peaceful and I'm like, you know, life feels too good right now. I must be, something's not right. And then I look at my calendar and I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed this meeting or I'm supposed to be doing something right now. Oh and gosh. I just, I couldn't live without it. Yeah. I feel bad because I think my worst trait when it comes to just not being able to adult is being on time. It. I feel that sucks. Yes. Oh my gosh. It is absolutely like one of my most hated qualities about myself personally. And I work on it a lot, but something always comes up, which is why I try really hard to stick to my calendar or else I will forget something inevitably. Um, Even when I think something is a potential to happen, I still put it in my calendar <laughs> just in case. Because um, you literally never know. Yeah, it can always be just out of nowhere. And then you have the friends that are like super spontaneous. And it's like, oh, are you doing anything this weekend? And it's like, I don't know. Let me check my calendar. And they're just like, well, why don't you just know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I feel bad when people ask me that question because I look forward to doing absolutely nothing. And then it's like, okay, maintain friendships, maintain relationships, or watch TV for 12 hours straight. And like that decision making is so hard because it's like, you know, the right thing to do is like maintain friendships, maintain relationships. But I want to watch Yellowstone. Have you seen the TikToks about like how to clean this properly, how to clean that properly, how to like, uh, how often to maintenance things like for example apparently when it comes to certain washing machines i don't have this model thankfully but you have to like clean out a special like drainage um lint follicle trap thing like like it it catches any hair or like random particles and stuff like that and you're supposed to regularly clean that out and then on top of that you have to do the filters for your dishwasher and the filters for your microwave and the ice machine in your ice your refrigerator right just maintaining your house and like it takes so much time yeah it takes so much time like honestly this is the the one pro about renting i don't have to do shit (laughs) i do not care if something's going on with the washing machine i will call my landlord and be like something's going on with the washing machine yeah that's on you and it's kind of it's the scary thing about having to own a home that I'm not looking forward to 
It's like, mm. I have to know how to do these things. I have to know how to change those things. Like, I just don't think I can do it. Fixing locks, mowing the lawn, no. doing the landscaping and the gardening, cleaning the gutters and the roof and the chimney. And oh my goodness. It's where suddenly my feminism goes away. <laughs> like, am I a feminist? Because I don't want to clean them gutters. If I am not going outside to mow the lawn. JD, come back. What are you doing? Like, it's just, it makes me quite question all of my life's morals and values oh that's so funny i don't want to do it all of a sudden it's just like i need a fainting couch of oh no these gutters are full i need some big strong man to come on it's the reason i learned how to bake some things because i'm like you know what jenny likes cookies and that gutter (laughs) i need to be cleaned it's like oh my gosh jenny do you smell that it smells like cookies that's so funny don't you love cookies but for example like you know being recently single the last almost six months now i'm i'm going on being single it feels still like it was just a month ago but yeah man it's going from a month to two months to four months and i think soon it will be coming up on six months Mm. and the amount of things that you know just not having that other person there to even share the burden of so the true. normal adulting things is you feel it you feel it all of a sudden honestly yeah i think if i had to do everything alone nothing would get done <laughs> and that would be fine i think that's like a really big part of adulting though it's like we're taught not to give ourselves grace there's like a part of society that feels like we always have to have it together and like i'm just I'm getting into a place where I just don't believe that anymore. Yeah. It's not going to happen for me. I'm not always going to have it together. If I'm doing really great with my wellness, best believe my house looks like crap. Right? That's just what it is. (laughs) Like, I've been going to therapy for close to a year now, actually, which Mm. love it. Super, super therapy. Therapy, yes. Anyone that is interested in going, I highly recommend. Definitely. It's so wonderful. And one of the things for my goals with my therapist is actually about maintaining my home. And it's not hard. I I don't think any of the things when it comes to adulting is technically hard. It's getting the motivation to do that. Cooking every day, cleaning every day, maintaining things every day. And still having the time to be able to actually like decompress and relax. It's so hard. There's just not enough time in the day. And then the way with the economy and like jobs and and pay is now. It's even worse. Like a whole generation that may not even be able to own homes really. It's, It's a lot. I think I completely agree. And that's what I'm kind of saying is like, Things over the past few decades have completely shifted. And so the mind frame around how life looks and how everything has to be, it has to change. Like we're no longer living in a society where there's one person who's at home making sure the home life is good and making sure that the food is cooked and the house is clean. Like that's truly what it what it took. It used to be seen as like a full-time job. You have to be home all day making sure that everything's safe. Yeah, but like you can't even afford to have that person at home anymore. Or if you can, good for you. That's incredible. But that means that that person probably works so much that they can't see the family. That's true. Yeah. So then it's like, now you have to be both. You have to be home taker and you have to be breadwinner. And everybody in the household is kind of having to do that nowadays to, to make it. And so, in my opinion, I feel like adulting should be, you know, it should shift with the times. Definitely. And like we were talking about a minute ago, when it comes to being able to like decompress and relax, I feel like, let's say, for example, you know, you have the job, you are maintaining everything, you're doing all these things, you're you're going for it. Then what? How do you relax? How do you meet people? I feel like there's just no places to meet people anymore, just in terms of like having friends. Like, you know, there's really not community centers or parks or like places that are really funded for people to just go and enjoy. Like there's stuff for kids. There's stuff for families. There's not really stuff for people in the like 20 to 30, 30 to 40 range to go do things. I totally agree. I think that would be 
amazing. I think that's why college was so nice because it yeah. felt almost like it's like a little town. It is. Yes. It, it is a together. small community. You all have that camaraderie of something similar that you're all working towards that you can like, no matter who you're talking to on campus, you know that you're going to have something in common to talk about and relate to the other person with yeah i like keep seeing this topic on tiktok a lot and they're like oh we don't have third places anymore have you heard of this uh a little bit what do you what do you mean Uh, basically they're just saying like when we were younger it's like you go to work or you go to school and then you spend a lot of time at home but you see it in shows like friends and girlfriends Mm -hmm. where people are always kind of at that third place like i think of how i met your mother and they're always in the bar oh if they're not at home they're in the bar or they're at work and like that's just how people got together and formed a community by being able to go to like a third place i see so like um community garden or the rec center or yeah. the pool somewhere that you don't necessarily have to spend money that or you can just like go to bar like you remember when drinks used to mm-hmm. be like three dollars for a beer oh my gosh or like where you go to a cafe and get like a latte or a hot chocolate and just sit and read but now it's like they scurry you out because you're taking up a table or maybe yes. you know like it's just it's weirdly discouraged and I think that's so terrible. Well, like, let me be honest, though. Let's say there was this, like, magical third place. I honestly don't know that I would do it. And not really? because I don't want to, right? It's just that I'm so freaking tired. I get off work yeah. between Monday to Friday. Like, don't ask me anything. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. It takes so much work to, like, go home and then find something to eat and then prepare that food and then eat the mm-hmm. food and then take a shower and then you have to work out. And it's, like, by, the by like, 11 o'clock, I'm just sitting down to relax. Yeah. And maybe the house didn't get cleaned or maybe, you know, I wasn't super playful with my cat or something thing Mm -hmm. and it just kind of feels like you are always i don't know grasping for something that is outside of your reach yeah like it really sucks because it feels like like we're talking about the there's just not enough time in the day if i started my day at like 4 a.m and started you know was finished with working out and making breakfast at like 6 a.m and showered then by the time that I'm done with work, I'd want to go to bed between, you know, like 9 and 10 probably mm-hmm. and sleep and then do it all over again the next day. And yeah. it's like, that sounds exhausting every really day. Does. And like, it's possible. I think a For lot sure. of people do it. But like, the problem is it is exhausting mm-hmm. and it sounds kind of boring. And then you look up and you you're like... Like, I hate when it gets to this time of the year. Like, it's December, right? And it's almost time to start thinking about resolutions and did I meet my goal for the year? Mm -hmm. And you look back and you're like, what did I do this year? I spent 95% of my time working and eating and... maintaining my home yeah maintaining my home and doing chores things that are not fun adulting like adulting adulting is always like i feel like attributed to things that are not fun things that you have to do to be responsible so true and it really sucks because like being responsible can be fun or it can (laughs) i hate being responsible yeah i mean i understand i think it goes along of that you know uh, goody two shoes kind of attitude. That was my whole childhood. <laughs> yes, goody two shoes. Yeah, and you're just like, I'm tired of it. No, we need to rebel. <laughs> you know, like my my favorite thing to do is ask people, like, if you had a genie that would warn you, do you think you'd listen? And then I realized, like, the genie was my parents. They spent my entire (laughs) childhood being like, you don't want to be an adult. Like, you don't want this. And I was like, you guys just don't know how to do it right. It's so fun. And when I'm an adult, it's going to be so much better. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, damn, I should have listened to them people. What was I thinking? Right. Hindsight is 20-20. Honestly. I think it's always kind of a give and take. Because it's like, on one hand... The reason that we are kind of in that rise and grind mentality is Mm -hmm. because we want a comfortable life. Mm -hmm. But ironically, it's not that comfortable. And then on the other hand, it's like you can go out and do the things that you want to do, like travel more and maybe create this third place. But then it's like your your comfortability when you go home, Mm -hmm. if you have a home at the end of the day, isn't really going to be pleasant. 
And so you kind of are stuck choosing between the good and the bad and the pros and the cons. And it doesn't ever really feel worth it. Yeah. I really feel like our generation super has to sacrifice. Like we have to either sacrifice something we need to be comfortable or between something we want for like our own mental health and experiences and being able to like really live our lives to the fullest yeah Ugh. but it's like also funny to watch how the mentality changes like do you remember back when we were like really delulu and mm-hmm. everybody wanted to live in a van mm-hmm. like that was the life we were like yep. yes i want to quit my job and i want to go live inside of a van and shower and plan a fitness every day and now i've looked the times have changed where we're like all really focused on luxury and like having a minimalist life where your whole apartment is white and everything mm-hmm. you get to buy all these beautiful soaps and like perfumes and go on these awesome vacations every year i think it's called like millennial gray or something like that Ooh, i've not heard of that <laughs> yes what is that? so like i know with some of the newer generations things like the 70s and the 60s of like those styles have really come back into popular like pop culture well millennials the the joke with millennial gray is that we love everything gray white beige <laughs> right, that yeah home and gardens very you know cookie cutter i agree and of course i mean i'm biased because i'm a millennial but (laughs) (laughs) i turned dirty 30 last year but you know oh goodness yeah millennial gray definitely i i I have slowly but surely been turning my house into millennial gray with little pops of color here and there which That is one thing that I actually really, really enjoy of becoming single is that, you know, you feel really official when you get your first dish set or (laughs) towel set. And it's not one that you stole from your parents. It's not one that you got for free in like a travel gift box like gift box or you gift bag it set it's yours yeah and then you know it's like oh i feel so put together an adult now where i have all yeah. my things put together i actually am a little chaotic in that i love things that don't match <laughs> no honestly i think that that can be a really cute style too mm-hmm. i think that there, there's like there are benefits to it mm-hmm. and that's one of the benefits is like you can do whatever you want to your place and with your items you know especially if you're single then it's like completely up to you it's completely your choice and no one's gonna come around and be like well i hate that i don't like that take that down and you just have like complete creative control of your life or at least if someone does come in and say that you can be like uh get out <laughs> you can be like what are you doing in my home leave <laughs> who are you <laughs> uh, what are you doing here <laughs> i didn't ask your opinion honestly though but it's nice it's nice to be able to like feel like you have autonomy and i am not really a kid anymore that kind of thing i think if i really had to put a time on it when i started traveling completely on my own and it was like nobody bought that fly for me and i packed my bag by myself Mm -hmm. and i planned every second of the day and an itinerary because i'm that kind of traveler and it just felt like I think it takes a lot of having your life together sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on the type of person you are, to like also then have the time to like go travel and do fun things. And so I felt really like, wow, you know, I saved and I was able to take the time off and I felt very much like it was all up to me and it was nice. Yeah, like you were accountable for yourself. I like did it. nobody else, hell yeah. Like <laughs> nobody else was telling you what to do, doing anything for you in those process. You researched for yourself, you saved for yourself, you planned for yourself. And yeah, if you want to go with another person, you totally can, but that was your choice. I love it. The second time was probably when like I was mattress shopping. <laughs> Cuz it's like there first of all why are there so many mattress options peak adult stuff i had no idea and then things are goddamn expensive for a mattress yeah i felt i went in there and i had to do like the whole pretending voice like well i don't know i usually go with a firm and what do you think (laughs) and i just felt like i really had it together they were talking to me like i knew what i was doing i had no clue it was great (laughs) fake it till you make it i was like i don't really know that i like the tempur-pedic like Mm -hmm. yes i know it's what you're recommending but 
<laughs> the cooling technology is just never really done it for me. Not up to par with the standards <laughs> of like the space only goes up. It doesn't also lift your legs so that you're in that perfect like REM sleep <laughs> position. Right. Mm, I don't know. I don't know what that's for me. <laughs> also when like you're getting your oil changed and you finally know what's going on. Oh my gosh. Yes. Did I tell you about the first time I ever went alone to get my oil changed? No. I had to call my dad four times. <laughs> I was like, what are they asking me? I, they were like, ma'am, you're out of all kinds of fluids. And they were asking me like, do you want to flush your motor? And I'm like, that's not real. Like you're trying to take my money. I know you're lying to me. No one's flushing any motors here today. I'm like, dad, <laughs> they want to flush my car. <laughs> this just was so confusing and now i go i know to say no to everything except the oil mm, i think which is probably also still not true <laughs> like you really desperately need to flush your motor please i'm like not today <laughs> car health that poor car <laughs> hey it's driving sometimes making it it's not on its last limb yet okay yeah for me it was probably hmm, like one of the first times that i had to fix my car entirely by myself like i was no longer in a relationship i had just gotten out of like a six and a half year relationship i was like 23 or something at the time and i had a big falling out with my parents so i don't have my parents i don't have a boyfriend and i am completely on my own and a part in my car had broken i think it was the it was something really easy it was uh oh it was the um alt not the alternate the clicker for turning si turn signal. <laughs> ah, now I know what you are saying. <laughs> I had to completely take apart. It was the blinker fluid. <laughs> it was actually, it was, yeah, it was basically the blinker fluid. Um, I had to completely take apart like this steering column to access the turn signal spot. And I was really proud of myself because not only did I do the work completely myself, I was able to like research and find the part myself and like, totally i was like i'm autonomous i am capable yes. i am woman wonder woman <laughs> i was are. so happy yeah it was it was definitely a really really good moment and it taught me that it's like you know you can do things you truly can and when you don't have any choice it's a great motivator <laughs> oh my gosh yeah it feels amazing <laughs> to feel like you've done something on your own without mm -hmm. any help and it wasn't it didn't turn out fucked up yep <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the most amazing feeling in the world and it's like drunk cooking <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then you try it the next day and you're like oh that's not edible at all <laughs> <laughs> you do truly need to be drunk to eat this oh man it's just i mean honestly speaking of cooking it's one of my downfalls as an adult. Really? I swear to God. But you're such a good cook. If you're my doctor and you're listening, turn this off right now. <laughs> I eat out like four times a week. Wow. Because I just, I come home, I'm tired. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not cooking. And JD's mm -hmm. not cooking. I don't want spaghetti every day. Mm -hmm. So it's like, at this point, Thai food. Hilariously enough, I have spaghetti at home in my fridge. <laughs> I have, I literally have spaghetti in my fridge, but like I did not make it. <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> it's such an easy thing to cook, but it's like then I have to wash my dishes. Yeah, I was. I, that's my lazy meal. Like, uh, yes, it it really is helpful, but it's exhausting. One of the things that I do, I will buy produce in bulk, so carrots, onions, bell peppers. Like things like that, that you can easily um, chop up and prep into whatever, you know, diced, julienne, cubed, whatever the heck you want to do. And I will throw them in a Ziploc bag, date them, label them, put them in the freezer. So exactly like times of last night, and I'm really tired and I'm really lazy, I can just dump it all into a pot let it cook. Stir frying. It's, a, it's like, I you know, that. stews and soups are lazy adulter's so best easy. friends i love a good soup mm -hmm. oh recently i think we made a lasagna soup that's like oh my really gosh it was TikTok. so good it was so good and i it was, was easy to make. so surprised it's pinnacle adulting right there you are on tiktok 
maybe like two hours longer than you intended mm-hmm. and you come a- across a good easy recipe it's like yep that's an adult success for sure i'm feeling it i think cooking in college was one of those life skills that i realized were just invaluable i didn't realize how many people don't know how to cook when you're when oh, you're yeah. in a dorm room oh yeah and you're making some things that you think are pretty simple and then people love to come over and hang out because you cook things. it's also like such a task to do in college because yeah. my dorm didn't have anything we had a refrigerator and a sink yep. and like half of the appliances you need to cook were banned so if you didn't want to buy the overly priced meal plan you kind of had to learn how to either get sneaky or get creative mm-hmm. and like personally i got sneaky there's all kind of things hidden under my bed and so <laughs> i was able to cook that way but otherwise it's like pb and j and ramen every day you know i actually remember what dorms that you were in because i was in a different dorm room than you were i was either in the way older community ones before oh is that the one that got shut down yeah it got torn down makes me cry that was like as even though it was probably a little bit like low-key haunted um, that's why i got shut down there were like too many ghosts (laughs) that's what i heard that's the rumor yeah that place um we would break in there and (laughs) wait to hear things people would be like did you see that door close i think that dorm was over 100 years old or something like that it was yeah 120 or something like that i was one of the Mm. last classes that were able to like like live in there it was fun i put up a picture of you guys (laughs) the last one it's a parking lot now (laughs) oh my gosh that finally (laughs) because i was just sitting there and it was so old and like i just remember thinking how terrified i was it was yeah it was definitely a bit of a blight because it was like at the top of the hill overlooking the entirety of campus it was beautiful it it was really nice if you lived in there i loved living in there but let's be real low if it stayed open you were probably gonna get lead poisoning yeah (laughs) like you weren't gonna make there was probably lead poisoning and asbestos in there for sure absolutely (laughs) it was built a hundred years ago and they weren't updating anything at that school yeah but there was one community kitchen in that dorm and uh i was able to do a tiny bit of cooking that way and then after i got out of that dorm i went to it was more expensive but it was totally worth it it was essentially like a little mini apartment it was like a four-bedroom apartment so you had multiple roommates and oh i love that dorm yes the allocate dorm yes oh my gosh yeah they were jd ended up living in there and like the third year of college Mm -hmm. and i would spend every day in there Oh, yeah. Wow. For those of you listening, Eastern Oregon University represents. The Mountaineers. Oh, man. Yeah. I loved I loved living out there. and But also would not go back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's they're good and the bad, and some of the bad is pretty bad. So <laughs> pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. But, but it's so beautiful there. It's so gorgeous. Yeah, definitely. That's I definitely thing. want to sue them, too. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, get in line. There's so many people. Honestly, you will pay for my emotional distress <laughs> <laughs> but i really did enjoy like the college life it, it's such a fantastic way to transition from that feeling of you know living with your parents to becoming an adult and oh yeah it's not only empowering and exciting it's also like really you you feel the growth happening yeah in ways that you don't expect in really subtle small ways like I know that in high school, there's a lot of people nowadays that they get their own car and they pay for their own cell phone and right. things like that. I didn't have a cell phone till I was 18, okay? Oh my gosh, tell me about it. So <laughs> when I hear of, you know, teenagers and stuff like that, having cell phones, preteens having cell phones, it's definitely makes me feel like an old boomer. <laughs> Look, my first, my first cell phone was a Go phone. The ones that you could like slam on the ground and they would not break. Oh, I don't remember. You have to like, you had to like press one like seven times just to get to like the letter D. (laughs) Oh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about now. They didn't flip. This was before flip phones. Yeah, this is before flip phones. They were like the size of your palm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was so exciting that every day after school I could play the snake game. Do you remember the slide phones? That was my favorite. I love the slide phones. That was my favorite. I phone. want them to come back so Same. bad. I would ditch my current phone in an instant to get that slide. Oh my phone. gosh! Have you seen the phone? Um, it was like for a very limited time. It was like five years, 
time period in the early 2000s and it was a cell phone that looks like it was a flip phone so you could either flip it open or you could push it and it would like turn horizontally yeah it was so cool I love that. See, if I had that, I might actually text my friends back on time. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be excited to be like, yes, I'm coming to dinner. Do you think that is like kind of like showing that you are more of an adult is actually responding to things? Yeah, no, if you're responding to people on time, you're top tier adult at this point. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that I don't want to respond, but I'm afraid that every time I respond, it gets closer and closer to someone asking me to do something or go somewhere. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not ready. I want to finish my show and oh, take again it gives me it gives me peak anxiety honestly i kind of love how netflix has grown to and like streaming services in general has started to slowly realize how much people binge watch things it is so funny honestly it's their fault though it's their fault that we're like this (laughs) because if they didn't let me binge watch things i might be more productive actually now i'm thinking about it i'd be a better (laughs) (laughs) job netflix did not exist how dare they They've robbed me of my adulthood. Do you think, like, tastes in music, too? Like, I feel like I listen to... Oh, uh, the... I listen to Spotify, and my 2023 music lineup just... Yes, and it was, like, the top things that I listened to. It's, like, pop, and uh, there was some indie. There was lo-fi. There was also show tunes. Love show tunes. (laughs) was a theater kid though so show tunes have been a staple in my life yeah i realized that i listen to a lot of musicals which falls under the show tunes category honestly same i feel that it's just everything's just changed everything feels so much more different as an adult like okay i used to work with kids and i there was one of the kids I was working with was reading Twilight and she's reading this book aloud to me and I just have to stop her. It's that scene where, um, what is his name? Edward and Jacob, they're fighting over Bella Uh and then Jacob grabs her and like forcefully kisses her and she's like screaming no and like <gasps> and it just was so inappropriate. I, I had don't to remember stop. That. I know because when we were kids it was cute. It was romantic. It was like yes, Jacob Exciting. really wants her. But <gasps> now that I'm an adult, I heard that and I was like you better stop right there. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh my god. I was like do you think that's okay? Like what do you th- what do you think about the topic of consent? And this kid was like it's hot. <gasps> she did consent like this he loves her and i just sat there and i was in oh awe like my and i can't even like blame this kid because i thought that too i thought it was so romantic mm-hmm. when i was a kid i loved twilight and now i'm like that's some toxic shit right there oh my gosh honestly <laughs> there's some shows that i've been afraid to like re-watch or like oh movies i've been afraid to re-watch or books i've been afraid to reread because we know better now yeah and i'm afraid oh. that i'm going to realize something or you know read into something and be like that wasn't very good that's not okay yeah there's so many things like that oh and like good on you for avoiding it for the sake of your child yeah i just i try to to let my brain remember the nostalgia of things and the you know the sugar the the powder coated glasses or what is it rose coated rose colored glasses um lenses or whatever to not think about how messed up something honestly it's it's funny how our brains just change over time Mm -hmm. it makes me think of the next generation because like if we think about it are we old are millennials old now is that a thing i think we're old so now that we're old and like the next generation's gonna like start going into adulting i have to think now that the the world has changed so much from how it used to be mm-hmm. to now. We are the ones to help guide them. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Maybe we're a not, little bit. We're not their parents. Are we, but like, are we like certified to, to guide hey, young I've minds? <laughs> I've lived a life. So here we are. Tips. <laughs> <laughs> if we were to try to give some helpful advice to the people in the world who are also struggling with adulting and going through that transition or maybe have been adults for a long time and it still sucks what like what is it that you do that you think helps you get it in writing 
Get it in writing. Get what in writing? Anything and everything. <laughs> True. Anything. Document. Get it in writing. I don't care if you've known this person since you were a baby. If you lend them money, if you make oh, an agreement God, yeah. with them, if you have some kind of deal, get it in writing. Because when I say that, for example, my most recent partner that I, I separated with, when he and I broke up, I never would have thought that th- things would turn nasty, but there's always that part of me in the back of my mind that was like, I'm going to get this in writing to Fair. be safe anyway, just because I'm trying really hard. Again, being responsible is not fun. Being responsible is boring and a pain in the butt. However, I did it anyway, and I'm so grateful. Protect yourself. <laughs> because, mm-hmm. yeah, just covering your ass, honestly, like in those little ways. And it's not unreasonable if the only time someone's really gonna get mad at they were planning to screw you over they were exactly like if they're mad because you want to get something in writing or you want to essentially you're you're telling them hey i trust you but also i want you to recognize that you're going to be held accountable if something happens in xyz deal to protect myself it also protects them they get mad about it you don't need that person you don't need that that person to do that deal with you you don't honestly need- i know this is a little off topic but i kind of feel that way about prenups like just a little bit yeah people are mad that someone wants a prenup i'm like instantly like what yeah yeah you never know what's gonna happen you really don't and it you sucks to because, protect yourself yeah and it might be like pessimistic of me because i mean it sucks because i'm definitely more of a romantic i i am absolutely more of a romantic and unfortunately i have been taken advantage of many I times mean. in my life like oh my goodness have i ever told you the story of a guy stole my car no <laughs> oh my gosh okay buckle up so we're at eastern oregon university Did he buckle up? Just <laughs> my bad <laughs> So Eastern Oregon, and I am officially on my own for the first time ever, right? It has been like two weeks and I meet my roommate, Maria, and I say roommate, but she was next door. Okay. Literally, there was a wall and very old plaster and wood separating us. Like a duplex kind of situation. This was in the uh, Hunt dorms before it was torn oh, okay, down. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're literally in the rooms next door to each other. And I've just met her. She's super nice. We click instantly and become really good friends. And she introduces me to this guy that I had never met before. And he was telling me the sob story of his friend is sick and he's not able to go visit him. And he's like really sad and worried and scared and stuff like that. And I can't remember exactly how it came about because I didn't offer. I was kind of asked Mm -hmm. either by Maria or by him or like he asked Maria to ask me or something like that. But essentially what happened is they asked to borrow my car. So this this boy asked to borrow my car so that he could go visit his sick friend over the weekend. Right. And yes, those of you listening and, you know, looking at the foreshadowing of this. Yes, he was absolutely lying. It was a huge lie. Um, You gave him your keys. I lent him my car and I didn't get it back for almost two weeks damn it was a long time did you call him oh my gosh dude i was like on the precipice of calling the police (laughs) i would have called the police in the first 24 hours i should have called the police my car has been stolen yeah because i called i texted and like i didn't get my car back for about 10 days oh my gosh what was his excuse how did you get it back he just said that he was like staying with his friend and and being in the hospital no that's a lawsuit bad it was so bad and i was terrified because like the car was a gift from my parents and the insurance was in their name so i'm just like you know what they don't need to know about this and I'm just going to let it go. My car is in perfect condition, working order. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. I'm Yo, let imagine it go. if your parents got a call from like someone's insurance, like your vehicle has been involved in a wreck. So. Oh, no. Uh... <laughs> it wasn't a car accident, thankfully, but it was parking tickets. Oh. And it was parking tickets at 
Washington State University, where this guy actually wanted to go. For whatever reason, he was at Eastern Oregon, even though he didn't want to be, I guess. And he wanted to be at Washington State, where like his friends were. So he took my car and and told me it was to see his sick friend in the hospital and took my car to go to a frat party that weekend. Oh my gosh. And where he had parked incurred like a little over $100 in parking fines that were mailed to my parents who called me and are like, what are these parking tickets? We're confused. And (laughs) it was bananas. So did he pay the tickets? No. You pay the tickets? I had to pay the tickets because he gave me a, a, check and it bounced oh this guy is a little con artist oh my gosh when i say too like i was not even close to as bad as some of the other people that he scammed i was about to say like he's he has a history of this you were not the first he was scamming oh 100 percent. so i found out later like through the grapevine that actually he had like a warrant for his arrest out no freaking way yo so like he what he had done was he would like look over his friend's shoulders and like uh, steal their pin information and then take their debit cards. Oh my god! And he would like steal money. It was crazy. So like when I think about how I had to pay a hundred bucks essentially to not ever have to deal with this guy ever again, you pull out the plan and you're like, I need that signature. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> sign on the dotted get line. <laughs> things in writing. I bet. Yeah. Just get things in writing because. Yes. Was that incredibly naive of me? Absolutely. Was that very lucky of, you know, how it didn't turn out badly? He didn't hurt anybody or kill anybody with my car. He uh, gave it back and it wasn't destroyed. Like, I was incredibly lucky. But the point is, is you don't know what's going to happen. That's so true. So just, just do it just for the peace of mind. It's so worth it. No matter how much you love and trust somebody, something can always happen. Oh my. My example is not necessarily the best for specifically when you love and trust somebody. But for example, like my ex, when we split, you know, you love and trust that person. But it can absolutely go downhill very quickly. So that is so true. Like, get it in writing is a hundred percent my like tip, and that's <laughs> fair. I totally agree with that, and I've learned that lesson too. As especially on my job, there's just been so many things that have happened to me, oh my gosh. and every single time I follow up. At this point, I've learned my lesson. Every meeting, I follow up with an email like, mm-hmm. "This is what we talked about in this meeting. Do you agree with this?" And even if they don't respond, like at least it's in writing. And if something happens, I could pull it all back up again. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is to message people after meetings, especially ones if it's like talking about a raise or talking about an agreement or something that benefits you majority wise. You know, I, I message them a summary of whatever it is and then I'll follow it at the end with, does that sound good? Yeah. Is that okay? Can you please confirm? Because then, you know, the other person, they don't have to do a whole response back. They want to be lazy. They want to do as little work as possible. So they can just say yes or looks good. And then you have that in writing. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah, definitely get it in writing. (laughs) Yeah, I would say one of my tips would be to start working on boundaries immediately. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Immediately. You might not realize that you have boundary issues at first but the longer that you go on and the harder it gets with relationships even if it's just friendships you or even just family members girl you have to realize boundaries like for me my big thing is guilt and there was a time in my life where i just i had the personal motto of just saying yes i'm just gonna say yes to everything because i don't want to let people down and i want to be the person who's always there for everyone And there was a point where I had said yes so much that I was so overwhelmed that I ended up in the hospital because I had this like major panic attack. Oh my god! they were like, there's nothing wrong with you because I thought I was dying. Mm -hmm. And so I was on the phone with my mom and I'm freaking out. And she's like, you need to go to the hospital. And they go to the hospital and they're like, no, you just, you've had a panic attack. You really need to work on your, like working on skills to cope with stress. Mm -hmm. And I, when I sat down and I started going to therapy and I started looking at my life, I realized that 
I had that moment because I was I was not putting myself first at all. And I wow. really truly felt like by me putting myself first, I am doing everything for other people. And now that I'm getting older, I'm realizing like my mental health and my sanity is my number one priority at this point. And I've had so many arguments with people and so many problems where everyone's like, you're being selfish or you're not helping me out because they're used to me always being yeah. the one who gives. And now that I'm I'm not like that anymore, I mm-hmm. have a great balance that I feel really proud of. People are learning to adjust to, to who I am now. And they're learning that she's going to say no now. Mm-hmm. And there has to be other sources I can turn to in my life to get this need met. And it can't be Anita 100% of the time. Yeah. That, something I learned with boundaries is that showing your boundaries and expressing them properly is actually really loving. Yeah. Because not only is it like such a good and positive thing for you, but you will feel better. And then the relationship will only feel better in overall because you're happier and the way that you guys interact with each other is happier. And if the other person is also expressing their boundaries really well, then you can reciprocate that same thing. And I think that's where it's kind of like you get gaslit into oh, your boundaries. You're being selfish. And I hate that. I really, well, that truly. Thing. When you start putting up these boundaries, you realize the people who were taking advantage of you in your life. Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard to like look at the people that you love and the people you interact with and think these people were using me, even though they're your friends, even though they're yeah. your relationship, they're your partner, and even though they're your family. But if they really love you, And if they really care about you, they're going to respect those boundaries. I think my fear of like not being liked by others makes it really difficult for me to put up proper boundaries. Oh, I feel that so hard. And it sucks because I know you, I'm sure everybody's heard this before, but it's like, if you try to make everyone happy or please everyone, you're going to be miserable. Honestly. And you can't do anything about that it it's it sucks because it really does come down to you need to accept that not everyone's gonna like you well like okay this is how i learned that lesson Mm -hmm. i would go to work and i would give it my all i would not take my breaks on time some days i wouldn't take my lunch and i just was always volunteering to do everything because i wanted my coworkers to respect me and think that i was a good team player and think that I was someone that they could turn to. Mm -hmm. I got sick and I didn't go to work for two weeks, right? I I think maybe I was had COVID or something was going on and I didn't go to to work. Mm -hmm. I showed up again and everything was the same. People were like, hey, where you been? And it was like, the reception to me coming back wasn't like this big, huge parade. Mm -hmm. Life had moved on. The things that I was doing got done by other people. And it was like I was never there at all. Yeah. It's like you were killing yourself to do all these extra things to make things easier for the others to be supportive. But actually... Without you, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. And it's super hard to find a balance. But once you find that balance, it's so awesome. (laughs) You feel pretty darn great. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like as long as you're not being a giant jerk to people (laughs) and you're overall just a pleasant person to be around, people are going to like you. And if they don't, then like, do you really want to be around them? Like, I feel like, for example, that one of the hardest things when it comes to doing the whole people pleaser thing is in your job and you're getting asked to do extra work. And it's so hard to be like, okay, this is temporary, right? And then that's kind of how I feel like they get you is it's supposed to be temporary, but then all of a sudden a month's gone by. Oh my gosh. And then you bring it up again and you're just like, I'm having to put my foot down of no, I'm not Mm -hmm. doing this work anymore because you said it was temporary. It's been a month. Oh, well, you're doing a great job and it's working out great this way. Okay, cool. So that means I get a raise for doing this extra money, this extra stuff then. And that's where like knowing the company policy and and laws of your state really come Mm -hmm. in handy because there goes pay equity laws. Now you're doing extra work. And if other people are doing that work and they're categorized as a different title, then you need to be in that title or making the same amount of money that they do. It wasn't until I looked up the laws and really thought about it, but my company at the time were really pushing for me to not 
discuss my wage with other employees oh in gosh. the company. That's like illegal now, I think. It is literally illegal. It is illegal for that to be a, a policy of a company. Yeah. They cannot discourage, they cannot, excuse me, they can't tell you that you're not allowed to do that. They can discourage it and be like, don't, you shouldn't, like, please don't do this kind of thing. Or I mean, of course However the heck they want to word it. But you 100% have the right to talk about that and so i very openly talk about it and if someone you know a management or or someone or other you know kind of tell me like oh you shouldn't talk about that kind of thing i'll be like no it's fine (laughs) and and just making that boundary of just like no it's fine and And it's legal (laughs) and it's legal and if if they want to tell me a problem with it it's like cool we can discuss that together honestly i would be like you know i i thought one of your values as a company was openness and Mm -hmm. and integrity and by allowing other people to or shunning other people to keep their pay a secret you're not valuing your missions as a company. No. And it really sucks because I feel like that is so commonly the case now that it's like this big taboo to talk about things like pay. And I wish it wasn't. Transparency in the workplace is so It saves everyone. So awesome. Yes. It really does. Because then people, like that's helped me so, like seriously, it has changed my entire career with just going to people in the same position as me and being like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm getting paid. This is what I'm asked to do. Is that the case for you? Yes. And then to find out that that's not always the case really sucks. Heartbreaking. (laughs) But whether it's in your job, in your personal life, at home, with your family, setting up those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, It's so incredible. That's a great one. That's a really great one. Adulting and having and knowing about boundaries. I feel like I would be doing so many things so different yeah. leading up to now. My whole life will be different if I had right? boundaries years ago. <laughs> For sure. It will be, yeah, it would be so different. And I think it's going to be something that everybody probably has to work on forever. Like there are close boundaries and there are distant boundaries. Like for me, I, I used to say yes too much. And sometimes there are people who say no too much. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that's that we're all going to have to do the inner work and really make sure that we're focusing on in order to keep growing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on today's episode of Mixed Bag of Nuts. I'm Emina. And I'm Anita. And don't forget to hit subscribe. We promise it's the only commitment that you won't regret. Join us next time on Mixed Bag of Nuts. Bye. Bye.